This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. I'm joined, as always, by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe beat writer. Paul, good to have you back from a, a seven-game road trip. Uh, the Indians went three and four against Toronto and Tampa Bay, and you know it, it didn't look all that great doing it. Yeah, I, I, that's a, that's the way I put it, Joe. I thought they were out hustled, outplayed, and out enthused by two uh, rebuilding teams. I mean, the, the Rays are still in it, uh, obviously in a wild card, but they're eight and a half out, you know, kind of a long shot. But they've both been eliminated in the AL East race. And uh, I just – this is a team that we've talked about this before. I don't know if they're waiting to clinch. I don't know if they're waiting for somebody to flip the switch. But it is, it is a team that's just kind of, you know, plodding along. And uh, I don't know. It, it just doesn't – seem like there's there's a lot of urgency to me in that clubhouse and when they take the field well a year ago today they won their 21st consecutive game uh that was a team that had a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of uh a lot of you know wake up and go to the park every day and just try to win that day and that we don't see that in this year's club but then again last year's club sort of spent all of its energy winning those 22 yeah. games in a row. So maybe That's there's something point. Maybe there's something to it. Who knows? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I really do, you know, think that, you know, playing day in and day out with a 15 to 16 game lead, you know, if you lose a game, so what? You know, we're, we're, we're 14, out, 14 games out. We'll get it back tomorrow. I think that really has, has played into this, the, the way this team approaches the game. I think it's it's kind of been a two-edged sword for them. It's hurt them and it's helped them, and it's allowed them to bring guys back. You know, rest guys like Andrew Miller, and uh, uh, you know, it's allowed them to uh, make a move like uh, Josh Donaldson. You know, kind of to, to upset the apple cart and move people around because there's there's nobody pushing them. There's no fear that somebody's going to come from behind and catch them. Now the question is, what, what they've got 16, 15, 16 games left. Can they bring this all together in time to be a, uh, you know, in time to be a much more focused uh, a ball club going into the postseason? Well, it's going to make those 16 final games a little bit more watchable and, you know, maybe to a degree. Uh, you know, there's, there's three in there against Boston. So, uh, you know, there, there's something to watch there. But, uh, again, those, of those 16 games, I think, uh, you know, 13 of them are against 
Central Division opponents, and it's just going to be awful-looking baseball. Uh, yeah, it's going to be spring training baseball. Yeah. That's what those games were in Toronto. I mean, Toronto had to have 30 pitchers, it seemed like. Oh. I mean, they went through six, seven, eight relievers every game. It was, you know, you couldn't keep up. So, you know, you, know, you cannot talk all, all you want about, you know, you know, regulating the expanded roster in, in uh, September. But it would be nice to see like just like a, uh, you know, each series set a limit for the 30 players you can use. I mean, if you want to bring up 30, 40 guys, or fine, bring just, them up. But interchange them. Just do active and inactive for each night. You know, exactly. you know, two hours before the game, each manager has to turn in. You know, which of if you've got your entire 40-man roster up with the club, uh, you know, say the, the limit is 28 for the game, and you've got to turn in 28 names of guys who can are eligible for the game. You can't have the situation that they had in Philadelphia the other day when they were playing the, the Nationals. And, uh, you know, Philly, I think, faced five batters in an inning, and they, they used a different pitcher for each batter in the inning. It's, it, it, that's ridiculous. And, and the games are four hours long already. It, you, you want to talk about skewing pace of play uh, figures. That's, that's, what, that's what this is doing. Yeah, I would think – you know, Francona has always petitioned for that, that some kind of rule change, some kind of limit on the ro- – not not a limit on the 40-man roster, but the limit on, like you were saying, the active players for that night. Right. And I think that would well, make sense. You, and it would, be, and would be a fair, uh, you know, fair playing field too because, you know, some teams, you know, don't bring up a lot of guys. In exactly. September, and, and they kind of get caught short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know the NBA or the the NBA and the NFL both have rules like that. The NBA, you got a 15 man roster, but only 12 active for every night. So every night you've got to declare three guys inactive on your roster. So I mean that it, that just makes makes the most sense, uh, I think, and that that gives a chance for more strategy. You know, the managers night to night pitching matchups. You know, Francona can look and see who they're facing and. Maybe he only wants right-handed bats on the uh, on the bench, or you know something crazy like that. But yeah, it, you know it's I, I don't know. There's something that can be changed about that. All yes. right, let, let's uh, uh, you know you know just just briefly in this uh, uh, G-Man Choi, the uh, the 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 <laughs> nightmare for the Indians uh, uh, down in Tampa, and and we saw the uh, sort of a detente in the uh, the Francona Kevin Cash prank war, I guess uh, when, when yeah. It gets down to it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, really, anything else from the the trip that stands out? I was out? trying to think. Uh, yeah, um, you know, Cash said he was going to take Uber to the ballpark because he was afraid Francona mm-hmm. was going to do something to his truck. And uh, Francona said, "I'm going. I'm trying to act like an adult, a mature adult, and I hope he does too." So I don't know if anything went on behind the scenes, but that was it. Was a lot. It was a lot more silent. You know, a lot. A lot calmer waters in in uh, in St. Petersburg than it had been in Cleveland. Well, until so Cash got thrown out of a game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was pr- protesting a balk, and you know he didn't see it right away. It's one of those real quick ejections, but he he was tossed. Yeah, and Tito had to love that. All right, uh, I, one other thing that came up during the uh, as soon as Josh Donaldson was activated on Tuesday. Uh, we saw some reaction, and there was a story by Ken Rosenthal uh, that was was put out there uh, that the that rival teams, rival contending playoff teams, particularly those in Boston and New York, 
uh, were upset that the Josh Donaldson trade was allowed to go through and allowed to happen. Uh, Houston also in on that, and, and Houston had gotten uh, assurances from the league, and they were satisfied with what the league said, but, but mainly Boston and New York. Uh, which which just sounds so ironic to me. <laughs> Boston and New York would be the teams whining about an MVP caliber player coming to uh, a contending team for the, for the stretch run when this is something that these two teams do regularly. Uh, you, you look at John Carlos Stanton joining the uh, the Yankees from from Miami for pennies on the dollar, or, or you know, in, in exchange uh, in in that trade. What what do you make of the whole situation, and how how does this come off uh, as far as you, you're concerned? Yeah, you know, we uh, Ant, uh, Chris Antonetti was in uh, you know in at Tropicana Field for that for the just completed series with the Rays. So uh, you know, I talked to him a lot, um, he, and the way he explained it, they did you know MLB approved everything they did. Even you know people the the teams were supposedly mad that. Um, you know, Donaldson came off the DL. You know, he was put on a revocable waivers, and supposedly, when you you've done that, you're healthy. Then, as soon as the Indians made the trade for him, they put him back on the DL. But uh, you know, to Antonetti said MLB approved that. Uh, we had, we we had they had talked to Donaldson and his agents before the deal, and uh, said you know we we you know we don't want to bring you right back. We want to work out a plan for you. And that was the deal. So, you know, I'm not sure exactly what, uh, what, what the teams were, were upset about. And, uh, and, you know, I think, you know, it might have been that, you know, teams like the Yankees maybe had their nose out of joint because this is the second year that they've been – the Indians have beat them to a player. They beat them to Jay Bruce last year, a free agent, in, 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 you know, when they made the uh, August deal for Jay Bruce. He came over and really helped them. And now they beat him to Donaldson. And, uh, you know, if, if those teams weren't interested in, in, uh, in, in Donaldson, you know, why are they upset? And if they were, and if they, they it seems like they could have claimed him on waivers and, and blocked him mm-hmm. from, uh, from go, getting to the Indians because the Indians didn't claim him. So, uh, you know, they, they waited and worked out a deal. So I think, um, you know, I, you know, I wrote a headline on my story when I wrote it. It said, Antonetti uh, says, the, says the Indians are innocent of all wrongdoing in, <laughs> in the Josh Donaldson trade. And Antonetti came up to me the next day. He goes, I never admitted we did anything wrong. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I should have written the headline different, I guess. But, but well, you know, we just, we just made a trade. Well, to me, it seems almost like posturing by the Yankees, the Yankees in particular, uh, because they're, they're, they're struggling a little bit right now. But in the timing of it, uh, it seems like posturing to me because, like you said, they had a chance to claim him. He went through waivers. He cleared waivers. So they had a chance to, to take him. But there's that $4 million price tag on him if you claim it. Now, the Indians worked out a, you know, compensation where the, the, the Blue Jays were going to pay, what, $2.7 million of that remaining right. $4 million on the contract. But that wouldn't have been the case for the Yankees. The the if, if he had gotten claimed by the Yankees, the Blue Jays would have stuck them with the whole $4 million. So really what it comes down to is the Yankees coming out and saying, well, we're upset about this deal when, you know, the other side of it is if we would have paid the $4 million, we could have had him. It, right. they're, they're doing that for their fans to make it look like, or, you know, anybody who follows them to make it look like, well, we, we got swindled on this because there's collusion by the, the league and letting the Indians get away with this. 
but you know, all they had to do was pay the four million, and they would have had Donaldson if they if they wanted. Right, and it was the same thing with Jay Bruce last year. They didn't want the Yankees didn't want to assume the three plus million dollars left on Bruce's contract, and the Indians did. You know, they they thought they made him a better offer. They made the Mets a better offer with the prospects they offered him. But they and they they didn't they want they didn't want to pick up the, what remained on his contract. So maybe you money. Ryan, you mean Ryder Ryan wasn't uh, right? Yeah. Ryan. Yes. <laughs> and I think. <laughs> and, and I think maybe you know the 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 fact that uh, the player to be named going back to Toronto is uh, Julian Merriweather, a guy that uh, you know prospect from the Indians that underwent uh, Tommy John surgery in spring training and hasn't pitched all year. I don't know if that upset people, but uh, you know it, it just seemed uh, you know it was it was mostly sour grapes to me. Yeah, and. Uh, it- Sour, you call it call it whatever you want. Sour grapes, you know, posturing or you know, sort of making themselves look look better to their to their fans. But this is you're talking about a Yankees team right now that's only one game up for the top spot in the wild card at the moment. Uh, they've yeah, really struggled what, since Aaron Judge went uh, went on the DL. And what and, they had like an eight game lead in, in the wild card or some crazy lead, a, a big lead over over the A's. They they could win 100 games and still have to go on the road for a one game playoff. That's how ridiculous <laughs> this is right now. Um all right, uh let's let's move on. Uh, the uh we've talked a little bit about Josh. We we got our first look on Tuesday uh at what the Indians playoff roster could look like. What the Indians playoff lineup could look like against at least a right-handed pitcher. Uh when Terry Francona put Josh Donaldson in the number five hole, he dropped uh, he dropped Yonder Alonso down to sixth. So you've got Encarnacion and Donaldson batting back to back, four and five, uh, which you know two right-handed bats, uh, kind of a head scratcher. But you know, it looks like that's what what Tito might stick with if that's his his A lineup is what he put out there on Tuesday. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was an interesting lineup. You know, all nine guys, all nine position players, former All-Stars, at least they've been to at least one All-Star game. Uh, it was, uh, you know, let's see, what would you say, Lindor, Brantley, Ramirez. You know, that doesn't change. The top three guys didn't change. Then Encarnacion, Donaldson, Alonzo, uh, the middle three, and the, the bottom three were Cabrera, Kipnis, and Gomes. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, so, I, you know, I – you know, I think you you, you you face those two right-handed hitters. I don't know if that's how Encarnacion and Donaldson hit in Toronto or not. I, I, no, I uh, when when in 2016 for the majority of the the season, I think uh, 119 games maybe. Uh, it was Donaldson in the two hole, and and no, it was 90 93 games. Uh, Donaldson in the two hole and Encarnacion in the three hole. Oh. Uh, cause they were, cause, uh, Bautista was having an up and down year and they were moving right. him to the place, but, but that two, three combo was Donaldson in front of Encarnacion. Oh, and I, don't, yeah. I don't see that happening here. No, at he's all. not, they're not going to take Brantley out of that number two. Oh, they're not going to take Ramirez out of th- yeah. uh, three hole. That's they, they, they could, maybe they should for a couple days at least. Cause <laughs> Jose is struggling, man. Uh, at least he get maybe this home run he hit last yesterday to, you know, the break up the uh, no hitter by uh, Snell will uh, get him going, but he needs something to get going because this is well, maybe, it's approaching a month now. 
Maybe swamp. maybe coming home for uh, for nine straight games here might uh, might do something for him. Yeah, he just he looks uh, he not only looks tired, he looks kind of like uh, not mentally fried. He looks like he's mad at himself to me. I mean, we when he went thirty thirty in uh, Toronto, uh, the reporters went up to talk to him, and he was he he was like. What? What do you want to talk to me about? That's what the impression he gave you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I I I went zero for four, on, and then he like he kind of remembered he oh yeah I stole a base okay so he talked about that but he was not pleased with himself I don't think he's I think he's just kind of fighting himself. Right well, now. you talk about that George Jefferson uh, strut and that that walk that he sort of has. Uh, it, it it's it's hard to sometimes figure out whether he's doing that. To, to sort of, you know, be like feeling himself or if he's he's genuinely, you know, pissed off and walking around and, you know, <laughs> angry about what, what's going on. Uh, I, Tito seems to think, and he keeps saying it over and over again, he's that, that Jose is, is right there. He knows what he's doing when he gets in the box. He, he knows what's going on. It, it, it's just the results right now aren't coming through, whereas – Early and, and middle part of the season, they they were. Now he's sort of, you know, looking kind of foolish on some of these breaking balls. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you know, I um, I think you know, it's 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 you know, I asked Ramirez that. You know, is it is it what the pitchers are doing to you, or is it what you're do, you know what you're not doing? And he said it's all about me. You know, I, these pitchers, the pitchers haven't changed. The pitches haven't changed. I'm just not executing right now. And, you know, it happens. I'm going to be all right. You know, he's got a lot of, you know, most, most of these guys, they really truly believe in themselves. You know, they, they look like they have uh, some self, you know, every, like everybody, they have some self doubt, you know, they have some of those moments, but these guys got a pretty, pretty good base of uh, self-confidence. I think uh, to, to me more than anything, Ramirez looks tired to me. I, I, I think you can see that on defense a little bit. I think now he's, you know, he's got to move over to second base. And, you know, everybody I've talked to, you know, in and out of the organization think this is going to be a good thing because they think he's a better second baseman than a third baseman. Right. But, I, but I'm just wondering if this is the last thing he needs at this time of the year when he's struggling, been struggling for a month, and all of a sudden you're changing positions. Because, you know, there's a couple – he just – you know, from what I remember him last year at second base, or when he, you know, he, and I, I got it. You know, he's played what? He's played one game there, two games there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, give him. A, I, I got to give him a break here and give him a chance. But he, you know, so we'll see, we'll see. But I, I just saw, saw some signs the last two games that it just he didn't look as comfortable as I thought he'd look. Well, and you remember last year when he. he he moved over to second base. That was way earlier in the season yeah, because exactly. Kipnis was on the DL. The the change with Kipnis going to the outfield last year happened at you know the last ten games of the season because Kipnis had just come back from the disabled list. I mean it's it's not it's not like Ramirez hadn't been playing. Now Ramirez is only play, uh, playing you know eighteen games at second base for through the end of the season. He's it, it's a little bit different it, it, than than last year, but. I, I I tend to agree with the the assessment that uh, he's the best option defensively at at second base, uh, but you know who knows uh, if uh, if he comes out and he he booted a couple of balls this year at, at third base that were sort of uncharacteristic ones that you sort of looked at and said wow he, he that's a ball he would normally you know yeah. make a play on so you know maybe yeah, you're right maybe there are maybe there are tired legs. 
and I don't know if he's completely healthy, Joe. I think, you know, we've, we've seen him in the trainer. You know, he's been – I think he's got some – he's been nursing kind of some quad thing from early in the season, and I don't know if that's still bothering him. But, to, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think he's going to hit. I think he'll come back. I think he'll hit fine. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I think what happened last year with the Yankees, I think that taught him some stuff in the postseason I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll be – I think he'll be – he'll be ready by by the time the ALDS comes around. Uh yeah, he uh he's still running the bases like a madman, so yeah. I, I guess yeah. that's not a, that's not an issue. Uh one last thing I want to talk about uh Andrew Miller, you talked about somebody coming back and looking healthy. Uh Andrew Miller, uh wow, the last two outings, he has looked really good and all this talk about, you know, when we when we get Andrew Miller back, he's he's going to be the Andrew Miller of 2016. Uh, can can it can that happen? Uh, the last two outings for him in Tampa Bay, uh, or one in, was it one in Toronto, one in Tampa Bay? No, two, two in two, Tampa Bay. Two in Tampa. Uh, he's just looked lights out. Uh, his his breaking pitches are looking sharp and crisp. His fastball has life. Uh, doesn't look like he has a dead arm. Uh, you know, is that what you're seeing from from Andrew? Yeah, I think so. A couple scouts told me the same thing that uh, he really looked good. You know, that he that he looked like the old Andrew Miller. And um, I, one of them said he – I think he even wanted to – you know, he pitched – I think he pitched uh, – we were down there uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He, he pitched Monday, had Wednesday off – or Tuesday off and pitched again yesterday. Uh, and he – and the, the scout said it looked like he wanted to get in Tuesday's game too. And <laughs> I, I – and I, you know, just from talking to him, you know, he just seemed like a different kind of guy that he – Whatever happened, you know, that shot kind of hit the spot, you know, the right spot. He, he saw re- God. He, yeah. <laughs> he saw God. Like Tito said, like Tito said back before the All-Star break when, uh, when Kluber got the shot in the knee, some guys see God. Well, uh, Andrew Miller must have seen God. <laughs> yeah. And so he said it hit the right spot, and he's, he's never felt better. He was ready to go right then. He could have pitched in Toronto. I think they were just being careful with him. But now, you know, the the key is just like uh, Donaldson, how much how much time do you need to uh, to be in peak form for the postseason? And I, I think you know Tampa that's Bay, the key. The, the Tampa Bay Rays would say he doesn't need much time at all. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, obviously, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Andrew only has to uh, come in. You know, he's not pitching two innings. He's not pitching three innings. He's going to pitch one inning and get out of there. So the process will probably take longer with Donaldson, I would think. All right. Well, you run them out there every time they see uh, G-Man Choi. That should be the, uh, the official <laughs> rule for, for Andrew Miller. All right, uh, Hoinsey, we've got uh, nine straight at home starting Friday. And then uh, they, they wrap it up with uh, Kansas City – or I'm sorry, uh, I believe Chicago and Kansas City. Well, uh, yeah, we got nine straight Detroit, Chicago, and, and Boston at home. And then Chicago, KC on the road, the last road trip. And then, and then October awaits, and we will uh, have more conversations about what the roster and the rotation and everything will look like in, uh, in future podcasts. But uh, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we, will, uh, we will talk to you again next week. All right, Joe. Take care, buddy.